I've got one! Hi, I'm Ollie Double. I'm a lecturer at the University of Kent, and this is the Proper Job Gradcast, in which we explore how a degree in drama could lead to all kinds of interesting and exciting careers in the arts. This will be interesting to you if you're thinking of studying drama at Kent, or you're currently studying drama at Kent and thinking about what you're going to do afterwards, or, you know, you're just interested in this stuff. In each episode, I interview a Kent drama graduate working in the arts, and this time I'm talking to Ogo Anakwuru who, well, I'll just say she graduated in June 2020 and by August that year she was already working in the media. I'm not going to say any more because she says it way better herself. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to Ogo. So my name is Ogo Anakuru. I'm 22 years old and I graduated in 2020 last year. Fantastic. So you're really, this is a great interview to do, actually, because you're so recently out of university. Yeah, during the pandemic and everything. During the pandemic and everything. Well, that is, that's actually really reassuring because I know that obviously people in your age bracket tend to be quite prone to anxiety. And for students who are in university now, they're going to be anxious about what they do afterwards anyway. Uh, But add in the apocalypse as it's happening at the moment and uh, that's so so actually this is a really positive story so uh first of all let let's let's get deep into the thing so uh tell us what you, what your job is so i work at came tv as an assistant producer slash researcher slash presenter um came to be like a local tv station based in kent and it's affiliated with the university of kent and I was an intern there for a year. And after I, well, before I graduated, um, I was sort of like working there essentially. But then after I finished my studies, I was offered a job in August. Absolutely fantastic. So you're you're fresh out of university, really, and you're already working in the media. Yeah. I mean, yeah, when you put it that way, I never really, refl- it's crazy to hear that because it's like I was interning there for a year. So it's like it didn't really feel like any different. Obviously, the pandemic made it seem like I was starting again because it was had been like six months since I've seen any of them. So when I did start in August, it was like, oh, who are you again? Like, it was, you know, nice to meet you because it's like it's, it was just so weird to start fresh. But yeah, essentially, I graduated and started working. And uh, the the um, the internship that you did uh, at KMTV uh, was sort of connected with your degree, right? Yeah, so, which I'm so grateful for, because I think if it wasn't, I don't think I would have ever gotten a job there, Um, even though I think sometimes they would advertise, but essentially their interns were only for journalist students, and I wasn't a journalist student, so if it wasn't for this module, I wouldn't have, you know, got a job there, but it was for the arts internship module that I did in my third year, and yeah, that's how I got the job. And now you, 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 I mean, what you've got a slash job, right? You've got a presenter slash researcher. I can't remember the other, yeah. the other bit. So, 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 could you just tell us a bit about what your, uh, your working lot, you know, like your working week would be like? What kind of things would you get up to? So, um, it's literally like all in one because essentially, like, I just help out in terms of the producing slash researcher that's more of like the production side of it so with KMTV there's the KMTV news team and there's KMTV creative team um, but essentially because it's such a 
it's even though it's a big company it does big things but it's quite a small team and so that's why everybody does a bit of everything so that's why even though my main skills and what I want to go into is presenting I'm still on the creative team as like a producer slash researcher and editor because I do have those skills and so that essentially producer just means that I just help out um, when needed so if we have to communicate with clients and organize um, you know shoots that's you know my job I contact clients and I email them um, if I have to research you know about you know a specific person for a specific job like yeah I just help out when needed. Well actually that's a really interesting point though because I mean if we think of this as not necessarily the final destination of your career if you see what yeah. I mean I mean this is just this is your first job out of university right yeah. so but in terms of developing your skills it's fantastic then because what you're doing is a whole raft of things which could be good experience for any uh, other media job that you went on to presumably yeah no, I know I agree um I definitely do prefer the presenting side of it um because that's like that's my main interest and that's where what I want to do um but hearing you say that, yeah, like developing the skills and doing everything, really, because I think that's what a lot of employers like. And I think that's why I was like value that came to me, because, yes, it is a small team. And so they might need someone who can present, but also someone who can edit because there's so much work uh, load that comes into the station. So it's helpful to have someone who has all these skills because you don't want to just be like, you know, what's that phrase? It's like jack of all trades master of none like you don't want to just have one skill because i don't know you're, you're not really expendable but if you have so many skills then you can be put to use in different um areas yeah and i think the media's changed a lot as well i mean i remember perhaps about 15 years ago i remember being interviewed for local television and the the, the interview came along and i recognized him from the tv from the local news you know and uh, but he was also the cameraman and everything it was just him yeah. uh, and, I, and i think perhaps if you went back to the the last century or something it would be much more you'd come along with a crew of three or something like that and i think i think that thing of being able to do all those things that old-fashioned phrase jack of all trades yeah is really quite out of date now because actually having a whole set of skills mm. in this day and age is useful i think in the, in the workplace I agree and like even from a presenter perspective like as a presenter like you have to have a showreel and it's like to make that showreel you have to be able to edit it like the options are you edit it yourself or you pay someone to do it and some people don't have the money to pay people right no I don't I'm trying to save money so it's helpful that I can edit you know so it is helpful to have a varied amount of skills and not just one thing that you're good at. But you are good at presenting, though, and I know this because of teaching you on arts internship. And I think as part of your portfolio or something or presentation, you included a bit of you on camera. Yeah. yeah. How easy was it to learn that? The presenting? Yeah. Um, I feel like it's something I just stumbled into. Like, I always wanted to be an actor, actress. Um, and when I was, like, 17, there was, there was this um, organisation called Interfilm, which helped um, young people get into the film industry. And there was a young reporter scheme. And we basically worked as reporters going to, like, red carpet events, interviewing celebrities. So I basically got onto that scheme and then found out about even this world of presenting. So that's sort of... And I too feel like when I would do it, I always thought I was crap at it. But my family would be like, no, you're so good at it. But I'm thinking, I'm not good. 
um but that's how I sort of like developed my like interview skills and honestly that experience was so helpful because whenever I do an interview now it's like think of questions can just come to me so quick because I've had all that experience within to film so I really am grateful to have had that experience it also makes you a good interviewer I just point that out because you know for somebody else I might have had to prompt them to tell me what KMTV is but you yeah. were straight in there with a kind yeah. of very together answer how can people listening to this watch kmtv um so it's available if you live in kent um but it's also like on um i should know the channel it's in my head okay so it's uh, virgin 159 and freeview number seven yeah so my memory and also it's available online so if you go on okay. Kent, the uk there's a kmtv section and we're also on instagram and youtube and facebook fantastic uh thank you so I was going to ask the next standard question would be, how did you get from graduating to where you are now? But you've kind of already answered that. So let's move on to the next one. OK, so you talked a bit about how you acquired your skills in presenting. But the next question is, how did studying drama at Kent help you to get where you are now? In other words, equip you with the skills and attitudes or whatever that, that you need to do this job? I feel like I should have the perfect answer for this because I wrote an essay for that <laughs> with all of it, all of these answers. But I think, um, I think subconsciously it's helped because drama does, I guess for me, it made me into the person that I am. You know, I think say studying my degree, I feel like there were a lot of like highs and lows and tribulations and a reckoning, I guess, in my character that happened, especially in first year. And I feel like certain things that I went through during my degree, degree program not only from the academic side but also from the social side just built me into the person that I am today and to be honest like reflecting back there's so many things that I learned um in drama that I need to actually consciously apply to my life not just life but to my role at KMTV and I wrote it in my arts internship essay um a lot of things on physical theatre about being present and just preparing for performance you can definitely apply to the workplace and to be honest after this interview I'm gonna find that essay and find those notes because they really are like good principles I wish I could recall them from my memory now but I can't <laughs> but they really are I would say like JAMA was a um good time and not only through what I've learned but also the connections I've made you know the confidence that um it gave me well, I think I think what you say is quite interesting because it's partly then about you developing as a person overall but also partly about specific things that you can apply like that thing about getting into the right mental space yeah to work yeah for sure and there's something actually and um one thing we learned on physical theatre was the idea again of being present and it's like when you're presenting you don't, especially when you're reading auto cue, you you can't afford to be thinking about other things, and you really do have to stay present. And in fact, sometimes, especially when, so in November, I started presenting um, on the actual shows, like Kent Business, like I would actually like lead it. And at first, I was like, oh, this is so nerve wracking. But sometimes it is helpful to treat it like a character, like as if you're acting. And obviously, doing a drama degree, that's something that you're accustomed to all this time. So. Yeah, there definitely are skills in drama that I can apply to this, honestly. I will go back and read that essay <laughs> before I go back. <laughs> I'll also embarrass you by saying it was a very good essay. So I think it got first class. Well, there we go. Excellent, in fact. <laughs> that's 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 really good. Um, so so uh, what's the most exciting thing been about your doing your job so far? Um, the most exciting thing about it... Um, 
I think so far it's just the opportunities that I've been given and just um, working with such lovely people in the workplace and being accepted. Um, but, and also um, being, uh, I guess my presenting being valued, because I can't lie to you that sometimes I'm just like, I'm not even that good, like why am I doing this? But it's really nice to have that positive, that reinforcement from um, the staff that came to you. So that's really nice. And also just to be given the opportunity. So in um, November, like I said, like I was presenting that Kent business, like I'd even like people watch that show, like I was on the TV and I feel like, stuff like that is just crazy and it's helpful for me not only to grow as a presenter but stuff I can put on my showreel and just yeah really exciting things are happening down the line with King TV. That's, that's it's, it's all such a good it's a good it's such a lovely thing to hear about especially because you know we're in the, in the winter time in 2021 it looks like being as gloomy a year as last year was and so to hear a, a really positive story uh at this stage is is really fantastic right the last question oh the, no well, we can talk some more if you like, but yeah, uh, that's quite fun. Oh, all right. Um, I'll put. I'll put. I'll, I'll, I'll postpone the last question for a bit. Can I ask you? Um, one of the things I'm trying to do uh, with this podcast is to make sure that the uh, the range of interviewees is as diverse as possible. Um, how was the experience of being a drama student at Kent uh, in terms of being a, a person of colour? I think somebody asked me this before I was talking about this last year especially obviously with the whole Black Lives Matter movement so that was sparking a lot of conversations I think um for me obviously every black person has different experiences but I think for me um coming to Kent was um I guess like for me a bit of a culture shock because I grew up in uh, London and like everybody here is like ethnic minority like if you're not black you're Asian if you're not Asian you're Turkish if you're not Turkish you're from like, and you know like growing up I grew up in a melting pot of people and so I wasn't really exposed to I guess a predominantly white um, setting and um, in my primary in my secondary school I can literally count the number of white people that were in my year group you know or even school so it's like going to Kent and you know being the like I was never a minority growing up so growing up and going to Kent and being that minority I think implicitly sometimes I felt that and especially in my first year I did feel that sometimes you do feel like an outsider because you don't necessarily fit in with the other people the culture that you grew up in is different to the culture that you're now in socially um so sometimes that would that was prevalent but it was very ex- implicit um and it wouldn't like get me down or anything but yeah, that, that, I don't know if that was a good answer, but that's how <laughs> my experience was. But then I will say one thing, um, which I think a lot of people share this viewpoint, and tell me what you think about this. So I don't know if you've heard of Michaela Cole. Of course, yeah. Of course, the legend, such an inspiration to me. Yeah. She said that, and I'm paraphrasing it, so I don't want to get it wrong. She said that um, in drama school, because she went to drama school, when she was doing her roles, they get given roles to do acting. She said that she never found roles that were for her, that told her stories, that she never played people that looked like her. And that would sometimes, if I'm not mistaken, be reflected in her assessment because of course uh, the teacher can envision Sarah in a Shakespearean role because Sarah would have been cast in such a role. But if you put a personal color in that role, the teacher's mind maybe subconsciously can't envision you know Michaela or envision a person of colour in that role and so that might subconsciously affect their marks and when I heard that it reflected something that me and my you know peers felt whilst we were at Kent sometimes like in our assessments we would 
give it our 100% all but then we would we wouldn't get marked in the same way that other people would because well maybe that's the case like these roles aren't made for us we were never given roles that were for us and so that was one thing that was um interesting and I do hope I heard maybe this initiative is changing but even things like the reading list like to have black or people of color playwrights that we can read about that aren't predominantly white yeah I think I think we we are absolutely trying to to make a difference there um uh, so for example try to make sure that there are people of color in reading list and it was the authors of the books not just plays but theory and stuff like that Uh, but also the examples given so uh say with my stand-up module I've over the last two or three years been trying to put well for a start actually a harder problem than get, getting ethnic diversity in the examples is actually getting a proportional number of women because it's such historically such a male-dominated form. Mm-hmm. But um, but trying to, wherever possible to swap out a white man for a for a woman and and you know or a person of colour or, or something like that, and it's definitely a lot better than it was. Um, so like the first two examples in the very first lecture of the stand-up module now are. Uh, an Indian woman and uh, a Nigerian woman. Wow. So, you know, I mean, look, I'm not going to say it's perfect, yeah. um, but I think as well, another thing we're trying to do, and I think we've probably got better at over the years, is in the modules where it's not based on a text, where it's not based on performing a text, to try and get the students to really explore themselves, to explore their own personality and all the things that, that feed into their identity. So, yeah. for example, in something like popular performance, students doing poetry about you know their background or whatever it might be um but it but it you know i i recognize when you said well i came from london where it was it was very diverse then i came to canterbury (laughs) canterbury is pretty white Uh, and in fact where it isn't it's mainly students right yeah exactly yeah i remember yeah it was a shock to my system but it's very subconscious it's only when you like take a step back and look at it you're like Oh wait, I am the only black person on this module, you know. So it's like, yeah. I think I think increasingly, in my experience, and I, I might be wrong, but I think increasingly, uh, it, it's 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 rarer to have just one black person on a module. Mm. I think even even to, to have just one black person in a group is is mm-hmm. quite rare now. In my experience, over the last couple of years of teaching, and I think to be honest, I think that's enriching for the for the degree. Mm, for sure because it brings like different because yeah like I bring something different like, growing up in London being personal colour we all have something different to offer right. so it's great when you do have um, more um, you know people of colour but saying that um, I have my own like online series slash podcast as well it's called Head for the Dreams shameless plug but in the second episode the oh, show- send, me, send me the link by the way I'll put it in the yeah. episode description um, but the show essentially is about following your purpose and chasing your goals and all that great stuff. And the second episode is is targeting this idea how potential and purpose, like you need to ensure that you can, I guess, have a good environment around you so you can pursue that your dreams. And often when you are from an uh, ethnic uh, background, sometimes the careers that are that we're supposed to, you know, that our parents or our families tell us to do, they're often things like, you know, doctor, lawyer, all that stuff. And so that might explain why there are less people on these artsy courses. Because, yeah, whilst I was at uni, like, meeting another Nigerian person who's doing law, they'll be like to me, oh, you're doing drama? How are you doing drama? Like, there really is that, like, like gap between, you know, what ethnic 
minority children want to study and what they actually study. So that's a whole other issue in itself, which might explain the lack of you know diversity on these courses. Well, I've I've heard um, uh, I've heard comedy students of ours uh, joking about that, like but that, like like what their parents expected them to do and what they ended up doing. Yeah. Uh, but that said, I mean, like I say, I think I think that situation is improved. Certainly, over the last ten years, it's it's noticeably improved. Yeah. Uh, uh, which is great because I think with any creative subject, whatever type of diversity, whether it's ethnic or, or whatever else, uh, the, the more diverse the group you get, the richer the work is likely to be, given that your your experience is the basic building blocks of what you could use to create the work. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm aware you have taken us on a major detour. Yeah. <laughs> We're supposed to be talking about careers. But it's important to talk about. Really. Yeah, I think it's important to talk about too. Um, okay, so so I am going to take us to the last question now. Uh, so so the last question is, what would you say to somebody who says that a drama degree won't lead to a proper job? I would say that's bull nonsense. <laughs> that's that's not true. I think you are in control of to a certain degree to your you know purpose to your destiny and you know it's it's a, it's what you do with the degree it's the choices you make i think i do think though the degree any degree is not enough for you to get a job like you have to do extra quickly things you have to essentially prove yourself to employers that you are worthy of this job had i just one thing that Andy said, Andy, the um, boss that came to be, not the boss, editor-in-chief, that's the more appropriate term, he said that one thing that stood out when I, you know, applied is that I had something to give. I had a CV, I had I had a show real things that boosted my application. So, yes, like, a degree is fine, and a drama degree, you can do anything with a drama degree, the options are endless, but you need to make sure that you have you have something else to offer. You have things to back up that degree because as we've seen, these are trying times. You don't know how worse the situation is going to get, but we, you have to make sure you stand out, you know, and if you already know in your heart that, you know, you are worthy of the job, prove it. What a fabulous answer she gave to that last question. And something I would add actually is that it's not just the fact that she had a showreel ready to go and so on. Uh, that made her stand out to her now boss. I think that showreel is just a symptom of something deeper, which is her attitude, because Ogo has an amazing kind of energy and focus. And it's not that it necessarily everything is always easy for her. That you know, nothing comes easy to everybody all the time. Uh, but it's just that even in spite of when things are difficult, she keeps going. And I think that kind of focus and um energy is 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 a real lesson to us all actually so that's all for this episode we will be back with another one very soon bye got to, got to get a job.